Hi, friends. Wow. Are you ready for a harp concert? <laughs> Jesus, the level of enthusiasm. Right. Let me check our sound check. Is, is sound tech is, is doing okay? Can I have the spotlight on, please? <sighs> I'm home. Wow. Okay. Well, as you can tell, I came to this a little bit underdressed, so I think the sound tech is going to play something while I change into something more appropriate. Go! When I was a little, a little girl, bit higher, my mother asked me, what will you be? I said, wonderful and fabulous and famous and a celebrity. Now I'm not such a little girl, my mother's so proud of me. She says, you're wonderful and famous and fabulous and glamorous and brilliant and talented and you've got nice hair and you've got a nice house and you've got good parties and well, you're good at playing harp too, I guess. And I say, Mother dear, the best part is here. When you're known by those clothes to your home, you can walk down the street, you may have it all to me. A friend to you and a friend to me, she's a hyper-local celebrity. You look so familiar. What do you do? And you're like, I'm a singing harpist. And they're like, oh, I've seen you busk in town. And then they're like, what else do you do? And you're like, well, I teach. Um, I play all over the country. I gig. I do a lot of weddings. Um, I have a podcast. I have um, an album out on iTunes. And they're like, huh, interesting. Is there anything else? And you're like, oh, I have an album out on iTunes. I mean, it took me six months to do. It was a 700-pound project. Validate me. Stream it. Please. When it's all gone and there's no one You'll wonder why you did it all. You'll know why you did it. You'll know why you did it. You did it. You did it. Because there is no greater feeling in the world than. When you're not, when you're not, when you're not.
when people cheer when I enter a room. It's the only validation I've ever gotten for my appearance before. Uh, hello, how are you? Okay, hello, how are you? Good, okay, you're all doing fine. Oh my goodness, let me just like coerce myself into a position. Oh boy, we've all been here. Oh, this is a relatable problem, my God. Oh Jesus, there's just miles and meters of chiffon. It's just like, I'm just drowning in fabric. Oh, how are you, right? I'm ready, I'm ignoring everyone on this side of the room. You should have come earlier. <laughs> welcome, welcome. So um, I need to first dispel some rumors. <sighs> some of you may have seen that the papers have been saying that this evening I will be performing as my playful alter ego, Marge. Unfortunately, this is untrue. Tonight I will be portraying Sam Hickman, dumb slut. <laughs> Yeah, um, so welcome to Marge and the Moon, my first and final attempt at breaking into the Cardiff music industry before eventually moving to London to become a barista for life. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, they, I would literally like be in an in a, in a interview, an audition for Prêt-à-Manger, and they'd be like, so what have you been up to for the past six years? And I'd be like, internationally acclaimed singing harpist. And they'd say, that that's not a real job, and why are you wearing that? <laughs> Dress for the job you want. I want to be a woodland nymph. <sighs> anyway, anyway, so I always feel like I have to talk before I like play. So the way they teach you how to do um, concerts in music school, and thank you, I am classically trained. <laughs> you can applaud, it's not necessary, but you can. Thank you. Thank you. That was just for the people who are like, who is this woman and why is she talking? I came to see a harp show. Uh, the way they teach you how to do it in music school is you kind of clomp on in a floor-length gown, and it's always a floor-length gown, and every single harpist spends her entire career just sort of hiking up gowns in order to play all the notes. Um, so that's why I have a slit and bike shorts to preserve my dignity or whatever's left of it. And, and so you clump on, you play whatever piece you've been spending the last 15 years working on. And then um, everyone has a program, so you don't have to say anything. You just do the art, you know? Um, and then when you leave music school, um, thank you again, I am classically trained. Um, you, uh, no one has a program and you have to speak and tell them what's going on. Uh, and there was always this huge disconnect between like, me just, you know, living my life, having the T of my L, the trenchant of my labia. And I would like, I'd play whatever wonderful piece I'd been working on, you know, I'm a star or whatever. And then um, I would start speaking. And there would, the, the audience would just sort of look at me, perplexed, puzzled and bewildered, and just think, where did the nice harp lady go? <laughs> I am the fucking nice harp lady. <laughs> The only song in my heart is for you I've never heard such a lovely tune And there's music in the air And now I know you care for me Was silent until now There's music here 
summer breeze. I heard it whistle in the wind and the trees. And there's music in the air. And now I know you care for me. We're silent until now. There's music here somehow. And the only song in my heart is for you. And then at night, I'll sing it to the My looper pedal has gone And then at night I'll sing it to the moon Alone in bed in the silence of my lonely room I'll sing the song I hear when I think of you I'll teach the birds and the bells that very song So everyone in the world can sing along do as much. Uh, yes. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Can you do that for the next like 50 minutes? Because then I don't have to do anything. Uh, so um, the show is about a boy. I know. Thank God something relatable happened to me. Otherwise, this, this show would have literally been like, how to care for your agapanthus. <laughs> a funny word for a plant that people don't know. Um, but you know when you go on a good date, and for me, the bar is really low. It's like... <laughs> Does he make eye contact? Does he laugh at my jokes? Does he meet me in public? This is already 90% better than most of the dates I've been on. Ever. Uh, so, you know when you go on a good date, and for me, it could be like 
that you know the bar is low now, um, but it could be like 45 minutes of a coffee date where I did all the talking because I'm a performer. Uh, and you get home and he texts you and he's like, hey, we should do it again. I have your sunglasses. And you're like, guys, this is it, I found the one. Uh, and you start like going through your phone, deleting all your dating apps. You're like, goodbye, Tinder. Adios, Bumble. So long, Grinder. That's the noise it makes. You can always gauge how gay the audience is by that joke. Um, so, so you you start like you really go kind of rampant on this, and you start deleting just like every single man in your phone as well. It doesn't matter. It could be like your friend Jim who helped you move, the plumber, your own father. It doesn't matter. You're just on this little journey. I would wait a lifetime for a love like yours. Hang a golden garland on its open doors. Sit and watch the sun explode and wait until the embers fade. I would wait a lifetime, my eternity. Watch a shining castles fall into the sea. Wait until the world was gone and you and I are all alone. And though you're never far, my love is where you are. And when we're dust floating in the universe, my love for you will linger on. Goodness, I feel like I spend half of all playing harp, just trying to get comfortable playing the harp. So, um, after a good date, you know, you <laughs> choke me, daddy. <laughs> Margaret, is that you? <laughs> you know? You fuck. There's no delicate way of putting that. 
that after a good dicking down from a ripe, juicy dick, <sighs> my parents are here. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm the favorite child. <laughs> and I'm not an only child. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I'm not a size queen. I just need it like big enough to feel it, but not big enough that I have to plan my day around it. Anyway, you, like, like the worst times are when the, the preparation is greater than the sensation, you know? So there's always this time when I'm, thank you, seeing a man off in my corridor, you know, a man's just come on my tits and I'm saying goodbye to him. And I just sort of think to myself, I hope you come again, in all senses of the word. Thank you. 
range my ass. Me this way, don't leave, don't leave, don't leave me this way. thirsty work, but somebody's got to do it. Uh, I did have um, kazoo pockets sewn into this. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, it is a one-woman show, and I couldn't afford a trumpeter, so you get a kazoo solo, and I get to keep the money. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so um, I famously cannot sleep at night. Like... I just sort of like, it's, it's so bad that my mother uh, bought me a book, which I think is a violent assault on my dyslexia, <laughs> and some CBD oil, which we will discuss never. Um, but sometimes when I'm lying in bed, looking at the ceiling, wondering, what is death? <laughs> I like to distract myself by thinking of like, the boy that I have a crush on, or the guy I like, you know? And wh what's, what's he up to? so I can plot my revenge. <laughs> I'm a very, very simple mammal. Middle of the night, can't get to sleep. Wait for the sun to be. Quarter past 12, I hear the city clock chime. Wait for the bells to dream And still I think of you And I hope you think of me too One day you'll be with me Holding me I can still
Wow. Wow. I know, I know, I'm incredible. Hi, Naomi, you're late. <laughs> Bullying audience members and friends. Don't worry, 2019 is my year of just alienating friends. That's <laughs> my goal. I'm burning all my bridges. Burn them all. Anyway, 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 anyway. So, if you haven't noticed, um, I wrote an album. Silence, wow. I wrote an album. None of you bought it, clearly. Um, I wrote an album and I did a one woman show and doing the one woman show again and I got played on the radio, thank you. And um, I think that qualifies me now as a singer-songwriter, which is a fancy way of saying twat. <laughs> and one thing I've noticed in my illustrious yet short career as a singer-songwriter, say it with me, twat, <laughs> is that I have this innate ability to write beautiful melodies and shockingly abominable lyrics. Just really bad, like second attempt couldn't save them, third attempt, no, just throw it in the bin. And the saving grace of this is that due to my other career as a singing harpist, which is a fancy way of saying, rich cunt. <laughs> I, um, I don't always have to sing the just heinous lyrics I write for myself. Par exemple. Thank you, I am classically trained. <laughs> I know I did it. We are recording, aren't we? Yeah, thank you. Okay. So, just checking. I'm not doing this all for nothing. 
do that into a microphone and it'll count. Um, so um, yeah, I, I, I got most of that wrong right now. So that tells you how memorable that piece is. Um, <laughs> so the goop of the gag and the heart of the heart and the thing keeping the stars apart about that piece is that, um, so the way in which you get your music played on BBC radio is that you submit it. That's not a funny thing, Melon. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> BBC Radio, what a hoot! Uh, does that even exist anymore? Anyway, anyway, so the way in which you get your, your music played on BBC Radio is you submit it to a website called BBC Introducing. It's a website, you know what those are. Um, and they send it out to your local radio stations for them to listen to. The thing about being in Wales is that 50% of them are um, Welsh language music radio stations, and uh, I'll tell you what they don't love. Anglo-American harpists doing white lady jazz. <laughs> they don't love it, who'd have thunk? I know, this accent, this hair on the radio, I mean, come on. Anyway, so um, I was like, in my scam the Sam Hickman ways, I was like, you know what I'm gonna do? That piece doesn't have any lyrics. I'm gonna translate it to Welsh. I'm gonna change my bio to reflect my Welsh heritage. Thank you, I am from everywhere. <sighs> and they played it on BBC Radio 3. And I'm still waiting for that fucking check. Ugh, because it fits the narrative. My whole life is just like, hello, I'm a harpist, but I wanna talk about wieners. Anyway. Back to the boy in question. Um, when you are younger-ish, um, a boy cannot text you back for three months and you can get real sad. You can get real sad. I am like an emotional and dramatic songstress with an emphasis on the stress. Um, and this piece has a glissando at the beginning and the end because firstly, I'm a gliss bitch. And secondly, it's about wieners. Yeah, what a twist. It was about that the whole time.
you. Oh, wow. What a treat, what a delight, what a joy I am, I know. Uh, so when I did this last year, there, we were in a theater, I know, and now we're in a basement. The costumes got better and the venues got freer. <laughs> I'm on a budget. If you ever see me in the street and you're like, what is she on? It's usually a budget. I'm like, ah, <laughs> I'm just trying to save. Uh, anyway, anyway, anyway. So last year, there was kind of a musical interlude where we pulled the curtain so that I could tune my harp. What I actually did was kind of like lay down, had a costume change and ate half a sandwich. And then I was like, I tuned, look at me now, you know? Um, but last year, I had the wonderful Ammo Fox come and sing a couple songs. And um, I have the same request this year. So please give a very warm welcome. Actually, no, we're going to vamp for a little bit so we can change the tech. Hold on. Hold on. Bear with me. Bear with me. Bear with me. How's everyone doing? Wow, we're doing great. We're doing so good. Oh, I'm wearing bike shorts because I'm normalizing it. Yes. <laughs> Chub rub, it affects us all. Woo! Brave feminist icon, Sam Hickman. Uh, I did have a, like a little bit of a fear that I was going to put all of this nonsense on and then I was going to scrape the roof. And I genuinely did like a check. I was like, am I? Oh, no, we're clear, we're clear. Are you ready? Well, please give a very warm welcome to my friend and yours, Emma Fox. <laughs> Hello. So, um, you might wonder why Sam would ask me to do this. I wondered this. I thought, is it to give me exposure? Then I remembered I'd expose myself anyway. Um, <laughs> so all I can say is that it's just to give contrast, because I'm less funny and I practice less. So enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Take 
So uh, basically, I'm just living off the mistakes of a few years ago, and like at some point, I'll write some more songs. But um, so there's some more about that. Uh, yeah. Oh, if I play the right chord. breath and come home again 
So if you're still willing to teach me forgiveness, I'm sure I could be a good son. But I've run out of reasons, I've run out of reasons to run. So if you're still willing to teach me forgiveness, I'm sure I could be a good son. Cause I've run out of reasons, I've run out of reasons to run. Wow, you're all awfully clean. Uh, uh, next time they can do their own show. Oh uh, my goodness, hi. Oh goodness, okay, I have a hat, there we go. And now we get to the marge of it all. I know, I know. So for those of you who don't know, oh God, I have to sit back down and readjust myself, gosh. Ugh. Here we go. <laughs> Let me just like get comfortable, really feel my element, feel myself. <sighs> so for those of you who don't know, Marge is a character I play on my Instagram stories. Instagram story is like a real thing. If you don't know what it is, like ask a young person, but like not a scary one. Anyway, so um, it's, it's less of a, like, she doesn't have any lines. She doesn't have, she never speaks. It's just me in a big hat with sunglasses eating an ice cream. <laughs> the Metro thought it was an alter ego, so I'm clearly doing something right. Anyway, Marge is less of like a character and more just in-depth documentation of my poor health, lifestyle, and dietary choices. Like, we all know what that ice cream is doing to me. I am famously a power bottom with IBS. Like, what goes up must come down. Anyway, so I um, frequently, like, so, wait for it. Everyone will get the joke and then we'll all move on with our lives. Wow. Anyway, anyway, so um, I am famously a freelance musician. Um, <laughs> don't know if you know this. Um, so, like, so I will probably end up doing the same thing for the next, like, 50 years. Um, don't laugh, Melon. That's a serious thing. God. <laughs> <laughs> Laughing at everything wrong tonight. <laughs> I'm glad you're having fun, though. <laughs> 
so I like so I I love sitting in my garden. Marge is essentially just me sitting in my garden having the tea of my owl, the trigger warning of my don't watch this lengthy documentary. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> Time of my life. Okay, great. Um, anyway, so like like I know that like if I plant an apple tree, like it will grow and I can watch that grow. Even when I'm like in my mid 50s and some bitch emails me and is like, do you know Peckbell's Canon? <laughs> and I reach through the phone and I poke her in the eyes because the technology will be there for that. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that's sort, of, that's sort of where I'm at in my life. Just, you know, having the time of my life in my little garden with my little cat, um, just, just enjoying it all.
Ah, what a delight. Thank you, Rianne. The wonderful photographer, Rianne Dixon, whose talents are... Right, are you ready for a reveal? This costume has a reveal. Oh, I'm gonna push my heart back so everyone can see. I want a drum roll, can people just, there we go. I hope this works. Oh, I'm so nervous. Yeah. I'm a stunt queen now. That's all I ever do. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. Give me a second. Oh, have you all recovered? I know, I know. So now we get to the thesis statement of the show. Buckle up, everyone. It's going to get sad. So um, the most difficult obstacle of, like, dating while trans is that due to... The lack of representation in our media and in public life. The first examples of like trans women that cis men have is through porn, which in turn leads to hypersexualization, fetishization, and the shame and stigma around cis men dating trans women. Therefore, like a lot of the cis-normative dating practices aren't readily available. So the the idea that someone would meet you in public is like a fucking milestone. Like. I'm just a picky bitch who's like, look at me while you laugh at my jokes. <sighs> um, and so because of that, you kind of have to go through this very complicated rigmarole of trying to figure out if the man you're talking to like, views you as a romantic prospect or a sexual kink. And so you have to go through all of this bullshit and then you still end up on shitty fucking dates. My God, I went on one the other day. The guy had 20 missed calls from his ex-girlfriend, and guess what? He took one of the calls. <laughs> he left for 15 minutes. He came back and got really drunk, and then while we were having sex, thank you, I am a whore, my parents are here. <laughs> he looked into my eyes. He was on top of me, looked into my eyes, and went, you are so beautiful. And I said, I am uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But like, so every now and again, I will just sort of like find myself dating a guy and like he's over six foot, so like he could rob me and it would be fine. Like truly a man over six foot could be like, hey, I took 20 pounds out of your purse. And I'd be like, that's fine, you earned it. <laughs> So every now and again, I will find myself in a situation that I, I just sort of imagine this world in which we didn't live in a society that stigmatized cis men dating beautiful, talented, podcast hosting, one woman show having singing harpists. Sorry, 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 sorry. Trans women, sorry. <laughs> I contain multitudes, who knew? Anyway, I will, like, I'll just envision what our lives would be like if we, if we didn't live in a culture that actively robbed me of my personhood and what that would look like.
on the ocean and on the little boat, my love and I shall be sail across the sea to another world on that little So, um, I'm getting older. I know it's a surprise to me, too. We made it. Um, and as I'm getting, like, out of my early twants and into my mid-twants, um, <laughs> I'm looking back and I'm like, oh, there were a lot of decisions that I was like, this is a great idea, and it was a terrible mistake. Like, like, this is a genuine thing that happened to me. Okay, I went on a date with a nice boy that always starts this way and it always ends badly. I should learn from my mistakes, but I refuse to. Uh, I went on a date with a guy. He seemed nice. He came back to mind because, again, I am a whore. Um, thank you, feminism. Um, and um, he's inside me. My parents are here. Uh, uh, yikes. Um... And he takes off his shirt, and there's a swastika tattoo on his chest. Um, and I need to say, like, the, the, the guy the show is about, and this guy, two different people. 
don't worry, everyone. I didn't fall in love with a Nazi. This isn't the sound of music. That will bring us back to dough. Oh, God, no. Jesus. Anyway, anyway, it wasn't slanted. It was straight and it was in a line with an ankh and a yin-yang. So I didn't have sex with an alt-right fascist. I had sex with a man who got a swastika tattooed on his chest and didn't ponder for a moment. Wow, people will see this and think, that guy's a fucking Nazi. <laughs> uh, which is maybe worse. And you want to know the worst part about it? Yes. It was multiple times. I didn't come here, like, honestly, okay, okay, firstly, he lived in my neighborhood, he had a similar schedule to me, and he had a nice wiener. I didn't come here to be the hero of my own one-woman show. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so, um, you get out of your early 20s, and also, I need to state that this was before Nazis really became a thing again, so... <laughs> Fuck my life, seriously, Jesus. Anyway, anyway. So, like, you get out of your, you, you grow up a little bit, and you're like, you look back and you're like, oh, I was making terrible mistakes pretty much constantly. Like, every single, every single choice was a mistake. Like, hit or miss, like, oh, goodness. Like, like, if a guy doesn't text you back for three months after texting you literally every day for th a year and a half, don't do that, girl. Step away. Put the phone down. What are you doing, crazy lady? Ugh, like, oh, oh, like the amount of men who have apologized for how they have treated me while we were dating is more than zero, and it should be fucking zero. Like, like, okay, so I went on a date. I went on three dates with this guy in 2015. 2019, he broops my grinder with this message, and I have it printed out and on the ceiling of my bedroom so I can wake up every day I read it and I go, oh, thank God. <sighs> really dodged a fucking bullet there. <laughs> and the message is thus. I'm imagining it in my head. Firstly, I want you to know that not for one minute did I believe those horrible things I said. And it gets worse. To be honest, while I was with the mother of my child, all I thought of was you. How about we fucking don't? <laughs> Absolutely fucking shitting cuntingly not. <laughs> Jesus Christ, no. But like, yeah, so this thing kept happening to me where I would be dating these guys and then like, all of a sudden, they, they would like start regaling me with tales of their sexual adventures. And it would, I'd just be like, what, what, why are you telling me this? Get tested. <laughs> And like, like out of nowhere, they would just be like, hey, I'm kind of seeing someone right now. I'd be like, is that not what we were doing? Just, <laughs> sorry, never mind. But like the first time it happened, I was like, oh my God, no, oh God, I'm happy for you. Oh my God, you're doing great. You're gonna be great, oh great. <laughs> the seventh time, it finally clicked. It finally clicked that they were doing that because they didn't view me as a viable romantic option. Because they didn't think, oh, this wonderful, beautiful, stunning woman 
will like meet my parents and they will fucking love her. They didn't, they didn't view me as a full human being and in the fullness of my being. And I would just like, I would pour all of my time and all of my love and all of my emotion into these men who were just incapable of loving me back and seeing me as like a full human being. And the smoke would clear every single time and I would just find myself completely alone.
wiser too I know that I was a fool for loving you Ashamed to say that once I loved you. did the show last year we did the final song and then we went into the reprise of like the title number and I feel like everyone in the room got like emotional whiplash because it went from like a sad song to like the only song in my heart is for you and I feel like everyone was like I'm happy now okay <laughs> and like the show didn't really have an ending um, and it, it didn't really like it I didn't have an answer And I didn't really have like, like what you do when society makes it so that your quest for love is just this mountain of garbage fire men on top of trash shit for brains men, on top of people who just view you as a sexual fetish. And I think after a year, I, I kind of found the answer and I finally like, I know what it is and I know what real love feels like now. And this is this is what you do, okay. This is what I do. Okay, repeat after me. Every day I look myself in the mirror and I say, You are loved. You are beautiful. You are strong. You're gonna buy a dildo off Amazon. You're gonna get it rushed delivered in one day. You're gonna call him Larry. And it'll be the best decision you ever made. I never knew that it was you missing from my life all of this time. And the feeling grew the moment my hands first touched you. So many years it felt so wrong, but now the feeling's oh so strong. Not yet. Now it's just me and you. silicone when I find 
find myself between a rock and a hard place. I know it's you who stick your courage to your sticky base. Works great on tile. You fill my hole and make me whole. When the lonely day is through, I'm coming home to you. one of mine, which means I stole it, so it is mine now. I'm an aggressive white woman. That's my life now. <laughs> Just like, take things that don't belong to me. Uh, anything left in this venue is mine. Um, so this is from Camelot, uh, which is a musical. Oh, yes, yeah, much like what you've just watched, I know. Um, and, and so it's Knights of the Round Table. They dance whenever they're able, whatever. Um, and at this point in the plot, Guinevere has had enough. She has been praying to St. Genevieve her entire fucking life, and all of her romantic prospects have dried up. And so she's like, why is no one fighting over me anymore? Which, like, same. <laughs> simple joys of maidenhood where are all those adoring daring boys where's the knight pining so for me he leaves to death in woe for me where are a maiden simple joys shall i have a normal life a maiden should shall i never be rescued in the wood shall tonight's never till for and competed for, not be carried off or better still, cause a little war. Where are the simple joys of maidenhood? Are those sweet, gentle pleasures gone for good? Shall a feud not begin for me? Shall kith not kill their kin for me? Where are the simple joys of maidenhood? Kazoo solo. Hold on, there's miles of shit on I have to get to. Oh, Jesus. Oh, it's in here somewhere. God mighty. Oh, chiffon. It'll be beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. 
Jesus of Maidenhood. Thank you. You can leave now. Thanks for coming. Bye. There isn't a backstage, so I'm just going to hide in the, in the toilet for five minutes and change. <laughs>